That's just the way it is. Some things will never change. Bruce Hornsby is the word of the day, or the way it is is the word of the day. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Some things just are, even though they don't have to be. I think it's time that we changed. If you listen to that song, that song by Bruce Hornsby called The Way It Is, that's just the way it is. That's a song that requires some thinking and requires some understanding, and it requires some change. The reason why we chose it for word of the day today is there's updated news on Mickey Calloway, the Angels pitching coach, former manager of the New York Metropolitans, former pitching coach for the Cleveland Indians. There is a culture in baseball. There is a culture in sports. There's a culture in business. There's a culture in life. This is not about sports. This is not a sports topic. There is a culture that exists that requires cover-ups. There's a culture that exists that requires people to be afraid or ashamed to come forward until they have comfort in numbers, regardless. Is it harassment, sexually, sexual in nature? Is it something having to do with financial impropriety? It doesn't matter what it is when you work for a company and you've got a job to do, you are hesitant to stand up and say, no, something is wrong. The United States passed laws to protect people called whistleblower laws. There are tremendous rules in, the la- in labor, labor relations, the National Labor Relations Board. Your human resources department knows all about them, about when someone comes to human resources, says something about a, your, a boss, someone above them, a person of power, that there's some sort of harassment, some sort of unpleasant working condition. There are rules and laws that protect that person. That's what's written on the page. In real life, it doesn't work that way. When you run an organization, you do what you have to do to do what's right, but you do what you have to do to keep the ship sailing down the river. The problem happens when you cover up for someone, you tell them, don't do it again, and they do it again. And then you tell other people you didn't know they ever did it in the first place. And then word comes out that you did know what was done. I don't need to be beat around the bush anymore. I was going to say opaque, but that's not the word. Obtuse could be the word. The Cleveland Indians are in a bit of a pickle right now. Chris Antonetti and Mark Chernoff are the front office for the Indians, a great front office. I've been very complimentary during my time in the game, loved working with Cleveland. They had Mark Shapiro first before he went to Toronto. Then they brought up Antonetti to take Shapiro's place. Antonetti used to work for Shapiro and then Chernoff moved up. They know how to run a team. They know how to build a team. The only mistake, remember, was Francisco Lindor keeping him an extra year. But they're good at what they do. The problem is they were told about Mickey Calloway. They were aware of the issues he had with women. And here's what happened. Someone went to the Cleveland front office and said, listen, Mickey Calloway is having an affair with my wife. And he's bothering her now. 
He's bothering her right now. He's sending pictures, pornographic in nature. Are you going to do something about it? Well, the Cleveland front office did do something about it. They sat down with Callaway and said, listen, here's my advice. Stop doing that. Callaway said it was consensual. The Indians said, okay, we are not here to be your moral compass, your moral center. But you've got a husband who is bothered, so just stop. Other women have come forward saying the same type of thing to Mickey, to the Indians. The Mets apparently were aware when they hired Mickey of the investigation into some of Mickey's actions, not all of them, some of them. So when I say it's just the way it is, I'm talking about what happens in the working world. When you are presented with an issue and you are running an organization and you've got a domestic issue. I'll give you an example. It happened to me in 2012. Someone came up to me and said that Ozzy Gian was having an affair with a season ticket holder's wife. This is a woman who sat in the batter's box in the Diamond Club at Marlins Park. And I am the one who caused it. I was accused of introducing them and causing the affair. There was a lawsuit, which was a divorce that was going on, and I was asked to be a witness. I was actually served. I went to talk to Ozzy. I said, Ozzy, I'm in a pickle right now because I don't know this woman other than having said hello to her. And you may know her, but I'm accused of introducing you to her, and I'm the one accused of making it easy according to the divorce, for you to have an affair with her. I said, I didn't have an affair with her. I said, I don't care. I don't know. Just get me out of this. Ozzy couldn't get me out of it, but lawyers did. Because the truth was, I hadn't introduced this woman to Ozzy. So when you are confronted with infidelity, which is entirely common in sports, in business, in life, you have to decide what you're going to do. What is the line? The first thing you're taking care of is your baseball team. The first thing you're taking care of is peace in the clubhouse. When a player is having an affair with another player's wife, you have an issue in your clubhouse that has to be addressed. When a player is having an affair with someone else outside of the clubhouse, we would have done and did do exactly what the Indians did and moved right along because that's just the way it is. Some things will never change. Does it make me right? No. Does it make me moral? No. Does it make me normal in terms of how to run a team pragmatically, practically with my eye on the prize, which is not taking care of people's personal family issues, but was trying to win as many games as possible and putting players in the best position possible to succeed? Every day, presidents and GMs are confronted with issues like this and how they react that day, how the media will look at it the next day, how the player will look at it the day after that. 
And what happens when the roosters come home to, to something? Well, I don't know the expression. The rooster, the chickens come home to roost. How that all happens is something you think about in advance and you're willing to go down that path. You play it out completely. Do I say anything? Do I fire Mickey Calloway? Do I say anything? Do I suspend Mickey Calloway? Do I say anything? Do I investigate him? You go through the process. You know he's going to get fired by the Angels after this, Mickey Calloway. You know that the Mets have to cover up the fact that they knew, even though they have to admit that they knew. You know that the Indians front office is now under siege and they've got to spin. And boy, are they spinning. The problem is they have a tough situation right now. Their manager is Terry Francona coming home from a, he was out most of last year with a health issue. Terry Francona, one of the best managers of all time. A Hall of Fame manager is Terry Francona. He's now been in Cleveland longer than he was with the Red Sox, actually. Won a World Series with the Sox. Just a unbelievable guy when you have a chance to sit down and talk to him, which I have on many, many occasions as a manager and as a person, you say, wow, what a great manager. What an interesting person to talk to. I must know him as a person, but I'm not his son. I'm not his father. I'm not his brother. His son is Nick Francona and Nick Francona went scorched earth on the Cleveland Indians and on his dad, Terry Francona. He doesn't get along well with his dad, but he went scorched earth releasing a statement saying that he was not surprised that the Indians knew what went on with Callaway and said they didn't. Nick Francona said, when the news about Mickey Callaway's behavior first came out, I confronted my father, Chris Antonetti, and others with the Cleveland Indians. I wanted to know why they didn't say anything to me when the Mets hired Mickey Callaway and they gave him a strong endorsement. My father lied to me and said he didn't know. Additionally, I think he and his colleagues fail to understand what is acceptable behavior and what isn't. I confronted my father again this morning, and it is clear that he simply doesn't get it. I'm hesitant to get into the personal details of my family's situation. By the way, you have, Nick. But my father and I do not have a particularly close relationship, largely as a result of disagreements about his conduct, some of which has been reported and some of which has not. Holy shnikes. There's nothing worse than airing family dirty laundry in public. You don't do it. You do not do it. No matter how bad Terry Francona has been as a dad, you do not air that in public. No matter what he knew or didn't know about what was going on with Callaway or anything else, if you confront him and you're not satisfied, you do not go public. What is your purpose for that? Other than Terry Francona having to give a quote. You made your dad give a quote, and he did. He said, I love all my kids unconditionally. That's a very difficult thing to me. To deal with it publicly is hurtful. I worked with a family member for 18 years. I wouldn't have aired the dirty laundry for all the tea in China. Ever. There is a line you do not cross. Now, I agree. There are other lines you don't cross, but airing family dirty laundry in public, you cannot do. What's the exit strategy? Are you going scorched earth? What's the strategy with that? 
Believe me when I tell you, when your father dies, and he will, it's a club that every one of us, if we're lucky, will be in. There's no entry requirements. You just, one day you wake up and you're in the club. You don't want that hanging over your head. Believe me when I say it. I speak from experience. Believe me. The Cleveland Indians have to get ready for their season. Spring training has begun. We know that. News came out yesterday. Another little kept secret. They're delaying the AAA season by a month. Let me explain how bad that is for AAA cities and AAA owners and how smart it is for Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball runs the minor leagues now. It's not an agreement with the minor leagues the way it used to be. They now run the minor leagues, period, however they want to. They switched up all the affiliations. They got rid of a few minor league teams and their affiliations, but kept them on independently. We've covered that. MLB wanted to delay the start of the season for two reasons, the Major League Baseball season. They wanted to get more players vaccinated, and they wanted higher capacity in every Major League ballpark outside of Texas and Florida. They wanted that because that was the best chance for owners to recoup some of their losses from last year to minimize their anticipated losses this year and then have some of that savings flow down to the players. But the union said no. There is no union in AAA. The players are not represented by a union. When you own a AAA team, you are at the mercy of your big league team and your big league affiliate. They give you the players. All you do is put on a game every night. That's what you do. You get to keep your ticket revenue, your gate revenue, your food, your beverage, your merchandise, your corporate sponsorship. You do not pay your coaches. You do not pay your players. You do pay your front office. Not your development coaches, but your front office, marketing, sales, finance, et cetera. It is a profitable endeavor to own a AAA team, but only if there are games. It is in the best interest of the AAA owners to have as many games as possible with fans, not without. The AAA teams are coming out with statements saying they didn't know, they're upset, they're this, they're that. No, they're not. They have to say it. The reality is that they need full capacity in order to make the numbers work. But it does bring up a fascinating issue that's going to happen. And the issue is this. The AAA season is going to start the first week of May. It's going to go to mid-September. Every other year, the AAA season ends at the end of August, which coincides with September. September call-ups. A September call-up is a minor league player that gets brought to the big leagues in September because the rosters are expanded in September. In September is when minor league playoffs happen. The thing about the minor league playoffs is that when your team makes the playoffs as a major league team, you are happy because we have a good farm system. I never really cared. I did enjoy getting rings. I have a bunch of Championship rings from Marlins affiliates winning the minor league playoff series. But as a president of a team, I would rather the major league team win than the minor league team. I'd rather have the 30th ranked farm system and the number one ranked major league team every year, no doubt. Offs. 
when we call up players in September, we normally will allow players who are playing for teams that are in the playoffs in the minor leagues to play in the playoff series and then get called up. But that's only if we're not in the race. If we're in the race at the big league level, we called up players no matter whether they were going to be in the playoffs or not because we wanted them to help us at the major league level, pinch pinch run, pinch hit, spot start, bullpen depth, catching depth, et cetera. It would drive the minor league owners crazy because they'd make it to the playoffs. They get revenue from extra home games and their best players are now on the big league team and they're playing in a playoff series without their best players. And believe me, when you win a triple A championship, it feels good. It means money. It increases the value of your franchise. Revenue goes up, but the big league teams don't focus on it. But by delaying the minor league season into September, you are going to cause major league teams to make decisions on minor league September call-ups right toward the end of the minor league season versus after the minor league season has been completed. Just wait for it. It's going to be an issue more than you realize but it's an issue that is anticipated by baseball, Major League Baseball. And believe me, they care not. 2021 could be your year for success. It's time to grow your business and to ensure you add the right members to your team. LinkedIn Jobs finds that right person and quickly. To start off this search, your first job post is free. There's nothing better than free. It's an easy process you can get done in your PJs or your boxers. The best part is LinkedIn basically does the search for you with push notifications going right to candidates. It's an active community. LinkedIn is a professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Holy cow. Post a job with targeted screening questions, and LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of the most qualified candidates. You can do it all from right here, your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Do me a favor, please. Visit linkedin.com slash Samson. Again, that's linkedin.com slash S-A-M-S-O-N and post your first job for free. Of course, it goes without saying, terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn. All right, Coca, we got through that. I think we got another one eventually, but what do we got? Oh, we had a good question today. You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson is when you get on Twitter at David P. Samson, ask me a question. It's based on the movie. For all the new listeners who are downloading and subscribing, thank you, because there's new listeners every day, lots of them. Download, subscribe, tell your friends about Nothing Personal. We have fun here every day for 45 minutes. There's a movie called Half-Baked. There's a character named Samson. In the movie Half-Baked, As you know, whether you're an eighth baked or seven eighths baked, it doesn't matter. There are people who want to talk to Samson. So ask me your questions. My DMs are open. I get to as many as I can. I don't get to all of them, but I try. I fail, but I keep trying. Hey, David, love the show. I listen every day. Hey, thank you. 
What is your opinion on the NBA store not paying its rent due to the pandemic? I know they are leaking money at the moment, but they don't have an emergency fund to cover $12 million? Question mark. A COVID rent and landlord lessee discussion is wanted. Okay. Thank you for asking that question. I'm on it. All right, what's the backstory? The backstory is leagues found a way to make more money from you. The way they found it is by opening what they would call league stores. The NBA team store, you walk in, there's jerseys everywhere. There's balls, there's socks, there's shorts, there's anything you want to buy, NBA related. Trinkets galore, tchotchkes galore. Impulse buys like you can't even dream while you're checking out. It's a big, beautiful store. They moved it to a big, beautiful building. They expanded it. They signed a 20-year lease. Uh-oh, COVID happened. Store closed. What they're not telling you is the NBA store started losing money hand over fist. Why? It's called the internet. <gasps> Wait a minute. Is it true that I can go on my phone and then I can go to a website and I can order NBA stuff and I don't have to go to New York on Fifth Avenue, walk in the store? Forget COVID. Forget masks. Forget the sniffles. You're saying that I can do all that from the comfort at home, like on LinkedIn on my mobile device? You're darn right I am. What does that mean? That means retail is in the crapper. NBA was selling stuff on its website and said, you know what? We've lost about 20 million bucks with this store. We're paying 625 grand a month for this prime space and no one's coming. And once COVID hit, the hope of anyone coming disappeared. So you know what they did? The NBA, they said, I have an idea. They went through their budget, which is what every company did when COVID hit. Where can we cut? We got to cut. Let's force some retirements. We'll call them voluntary retirements, but we'll force old people to retire. We'll pay them out, take a loss right now and help our books going forward. We can do that. Okay. What else can we do? Oh, I know. Look at that, all those stores we opened. We've got stores in airports. We have stores on Fifth Avenue. We have all sorts of stuff going on. I have an idea. Let's not pay our rent. That'll save 600 doll hairs every month. Do you think the NBA is the only retail store to not pay rent during the time of COVID in New York when there's no tourists, no people, no nothing? Midtown is absolutely like a ghost town. No, they're not. Is it a bad look for the NBA to not pay the rent and get sued by the landlord, which they are? No, it's not. Business is business. This isn't even the end of the show. Business is business. If you have a way to not pay rent, to renegotiate your lease, which you knew was a bad lease even before COVID, but you can use COVID as a sword and not a shield, you do it. You think the NBA is not running a business? You think they're worried about the PR of articles being written? NBA involved in litigation because they don't pay their rent. They could care less. They knew the, the PR implications to not paying the rent. 
every decision I ever made, I would know the PR implications. A, I had PR help around me, despite evidence to the contrary sometimes. We'd look at all of the possible things that could happen, whether you trade a player, whether you sue a season ticket holder for lack of payment or a corporate sponsor for lack of payment, or whether you're involved in negotiating for money from the public, whatever you're doing, we're aware of the public reaction. It is a calculated business decision. I used to like it when my lawyers would say, you know, I think you're going to get some heat for this, but we're lawyers. We're not giving you business advice. We're going to give you legal advice. The legal advice to the NBA was, yeah, you got a chance here. You can at least kick the can down the road. Very unlikely that you're going to get penalties and fees associated to late payments of rent because judges are very understanding of retail businesses, even wealthy ones who have to pay rent when there is no revenue at all. This is going on in every strip mall in America, every big box retailer. Everyone's trying to renegotiate leases. Everyone's taking advantage of the fact that given where the internet is, those types of retail leases are done. We told you on a mailbag that it was an, a, uh, a New Year's prediction that there is going to be sea change in retail, in office space as a result of COVID. And it's just starting, folks. If you're into litigation, this is just starting. How does this one end, by the way? This ends with a settlement, with the NBA paying a bit, lowering their lease cost, maybe changing the term, but there will certainly be an adjustment. So when you ask me what my opinion is, I think you were asking me to say, are you kidding me? How terrible of the NBA with all of their money. But I'm not saying it because players would do it. This isn't pro, pro owner, pro player. Everybody is, will, and should be renegotiating, including the landlord renegotiating his mortgage, refinancing the mortgage on the building where he uses the rent to pay the mortgage and says, I can't pay the mortgage because I'm not getting the rent. It's all flowing uphill to the banks. Just you wait. Just you wait. We come back. I watched a father-son movie that is, I don't know how I missed it. I really don't. We're going to talk about that. I'm pissed about the pick of the day. And we are definitely, definitely talking about Texas. We will be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. You found us. Stay with us. We are 45 minutes every day. We talk about sports, entertainment, politics, whatever's trendy, whatever's fun. We review a movie or a TV show every day. So I don't really understand the algorithms on Netflix or anything else. I just know that my dad recently died and all of a sudden 
Netflix is having me when I turn on Netflix, all these movies are being suggested that are about fathers and sons. It, it, it makes no sense to me. Now, is this some sort of confirmation bias where I would have just looked past these movies, but now I'm looking at these movies only because my father recently died? I don't think so. Because if I had seen a movie with Jason Sudeikis and Ed Harris and Elizabeth Olsen, I would have watched it. It's a movie called Kodachrome. I'd never heard of it. So I see they're in the movie. I don't watch the trailer, even though Netflix drives me crazy when you um, click into a, like when you're, I can't think of the word, damn it, Coca. When you're surfing the flicks, it starts doing the preview as you're surfing. And then it stops it when you surf to the next thing. It drives me batty. Anyway, it's, I see the beginning of the, the trailer and I stop it and just press play. Kodachrome is about a, photographer, famous photographer about to die, who hasn't seen or spoken to his son in 10 years. The photographer is played by Ed Harris. The son is played by Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis is a record executive, a failing record executive. Elizabeth Olsen is Ed Harris's nurse, comes to Jason Sudeikis' door and says, your dad's dying, come see him. He says no. And then Serrano from Major League, the Geico guy, Dennis Haysbert. Did you know the Geico guy was Serrano? I say F you, Joe. Boy, I do it myself. He makes it so Sudeikis has no choice. And it ends up being a road trip movie, father, son, nurse. Son and nurse, you can imagine what happens. Jason Sudeikis is outstanding. He is far from Ted Lasso in this movie. Far from We Are the Millers. It is a very well-acted, well-written movie. Ed Harris plays the part of a disinterested father trying to see if before death changes can be made. And it turns out it's very hard to make changes. The reason it's called Kodachrome is the purpose of the road trip is to go from where they live in New York to Kansas, where the final store will be processing Kodachrome film for the final time. The end sort of reminded me of the secret life of Walter Mitty when Ben Stiller develops the picture from Sean Penn, the photographer, for the last cover of Life magazine. And it turned out that that cover was a picture of Ben Stiller. It was a sad movie. It was a funny movie, Kodachrome. It was a smart movie. If you haven't seen it, it's under two hours of your time. There's no doubt I may have been more emotional about it given my state of mind. I don't know. I can't answer that. All I know is Kodachrome is a movie worth watching. If you like movies like I like movies, if you like movies like I like movies, I want to let you know about Paramount+. Plus. You've probably seen the journey to Mount Paramount. The commercials have been everywhere. They've got James Corden, Patrick Stewart, my man, Jeff Probst. I got to start showing you survivor memorabilia on the show, by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube. Speaking of Probst, you know you can watch season 28 on Paramount+. Plus. You may see me, but look quickly. Paramount Plus is live sports. Very cool. Breaking news, definitely necessary. And a mountain, pun intended, of entertainment. You can go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount+. Plus. 
You can stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Part 1, The Godfather, Part 2, The Godfather, Part 3, The Godfather, Part 4, The Godfather, Part 6, Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible, Part 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. New episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. Get this. It's where you can dive into live sports from us, CBS Sports. Yes, Coca, it's still us. We're still here on CBS. You hear that, Port? We're here. Paramount Plus is going to have NFL, which is cool. March Madness, the Masters, Champion League Soccer. It's got everything. You can stream hit shows from CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, Black Entertainment Television, Smithsonian Channel, and Comedy Central. Here comes the final line. Live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment. Paramount Plus streaming starting tomorrow. If you haven't signed up for it, do it. Not for another 13 minutes, but after that, do it. Paramount Plus. Enjoy it, folks. I didn't enjoy my pick of the day. You know, we've been hot. We were 10 games over 500. We've been doing NBA every day. I really am excited for baseball to start. You know we're not going to ever pick a spring training game, but it feels like the NBA is sort of like spring training right now. We had the heat over the Hawks. Hawks with their new coach, except it was an experienced coach, as Coca pointed out, which I knew. I said it. Longtime coach of the Sonics, Pacers, and somebody else, Nate McMillan. I didn't think that they were going to beat the Heat. And then all of a sudden, I find out Jimmy Butler's not playing. After the show, right before the game, we're going to give him some rest. Load management, pre-All-Star break. He's got a little tickle in his ankle, maybe a little stripple in his knee. He's got something. Meanwhile, the Heat stunk and lost 94 to 80. We're 28 and 19. Big game tonight, though. You better watch it. James Harden is going back to Houston. We're going to go back in time. What's the over-under? Does James Harden have an over-under and assists that you can bet? Are there prop bets for that, Coca? If you can find that on your William Hill sports betting app, then please do. Because James Harden is going to go over and assist. James Harden is going back to Houston. He's going to get cheered with the standing ovation. He's going to get booed. Both. He's not going to score 69 points. He's going to get a triple-double. Book it. The Nets are going to beat the Rockets by nine and a half. That's the pick. James Harden is going to get a triple-double, and he's going to go over on assists. He's not going to feel the need to score 60 because he's going to show the Houston fans and management, hey, look at me. When I've got people around me, I can win. When I got no one around me, I got to score 50. The over-under is 11 and a half assists. Go over, Coca. O-V-E. By the way, Coke, on a side note, I was doing A to Z, and I said A to Z during a previous show, maybe in yesterday or a week ago, and someone tweeted at me at David P. Sampson and said, did you ever work in Europe or in Canada? Because that's, you say A to Z. The answer is yes. I worked both in Europe and Canada. Oy, oy, oy. These guys are in trouble. Can you see what I'm doing? If you're not watching this, I've got my pinky out and my thumb out. My pinky and my thumb are extended as far as they can extend, which, as you know, is only about five inches on a good day. That is the sign of the Texas Longhorns. The Texas Longhorns have a bit of a problem. And I want to explain to you what it is if you haven't read about it. And I want to give you a little perspective on this. So here's the issue. They have a school song. And the school song, like the Badgers have on Wisconsin. The school song in Texas is played after every game. It is the, I guess people associate this song with Texas. The problem with the song is that 
it is part of the new cancel culture. And it is a song that sort of references eras of long ago where racism was, God, racism is still a thing, where it was more acceptable and less cancelable to say things in a song and to show images in a song that you would otherwise not be able to say. It's called The Eyes of Texas, by the way. So there has been a big push to not play the song. And it has caused amazing friction with alums of University of Texas, Austin. Older alums have said, I will not support this school if you take away my song. Do not cancel my song. We're going to stop giving you money. We're going to stop going to games. We're going to cancel our season tickets. We're going to stop being boosters, benefactors. We're going to stop getting buildings named after us. So what do you do when you're the president of Texas? I went through this at Yale. There was a big issue. Yale has colleges. One of the colleges was named after someone who was a acknowledged slave owner. The president of Yale convened a committee on renaming a committee made of brilliant people who came up with a system of what to do and how to evaluate what should be renamed and what shouldn't and how the process should go. Other universities around the country are using Yale's report on renaming. It is a very complicated issue because you've got a lot of constituencies. You may be saying there's only one constituency, right? The wrong constituency should not even have a say. The constituency that is called right should always prevail. Whose definition of right? Is it yours? Is it mine? Is it accepted? Is it the majority? Is it the supermajority? Are we now in a position where we cannot have two different sides of a discussion where everyone's talking over each other? The polarity of opinion that exists in our country today is staggering. You either agree with me or you're wrong. That's what people say. They don't say you either agree with me or let me convince you that I'm right. You either agree with me or give me a chance to convince you that I'm right. You either agree with me or convince me I'm wrong. Those are all really, really good things. You either agree with me or you're canceled because you're wrong and you shut up. That's wrong. There's no place for that. So the president of Texas had a decision to make. And as presidents do when they have a decision to make, they do it in a statement. People who target our students with hateful views do not represent the values of the Longhorn community, Jay Hartzell said in a statement. A few extremist views in the sample of emails the Texas Tribune reported do not speak for the 540,000 proud Longhorn alumni who actively support our students in university. Out of the many emails I received this fall, a very small number included comments that were truly abhorrent and hateful. I categorically reject them and they bear no influence on any aspect of our decision-making. What does that mean exactly? 
That means that there's a lot of attention being given to people who are sending emails saying, you better not cancel that song or you better cancel that song. But the number of emails received, let's say you get a thousand emails, 2,000, 5,000. You cannot let that inform your decision. You read them, you get an idea, but you have to have an organized approach. You have to have a consistent approach. He said the eyes of Texas in its current form will continue to be our alma mater. Aspects of, aspects of its origin, whether previously widely known or unknown, have created a rift in how the song is understood and celebrated, and that must be fixed. The fact that we don't all agree on our school song doesn't mean that we don't all belong. Next week, the Eyes of Texas History Committee will release a report equipped with a common set of facts. We will then continue the conversation about our song. He's setting you up, folks. Here's what he's doing. He's finding out what the exact economic impact is going to be. He's finding out which donors owe what money, which benefactors, which boosters, not who sent the email to the newspaper, not the person who says he or she or they are going to cancel season tickets. No. I'm talking about people who name buildings. He's going to take their pulse. And then he's going to do what he thinks is right and in the best interest of the school because he represents the entire school, not just the alums and not just the students. It is a hard job being the president of a university, especially today. This committee, I assure you, will report its results. It is entirely impossible to predict what the results will be because I have no way of knowing the economic impact. God, it makes me cynical, but it makes me right. The economic impact matters more than you know. If you are a Texas alum, get to me at David P. Sampson. I wanna know where you are on this song. I really do. Are you really not gonna be a Texas fan if they get rid of the song? You're a huge Texas fan. All right, we had another issue come up yesterday that needs clarification. Kyle Van Noy was a Dolphins linebacker signed to a four-year, $51 million contract in 2020. Played a season for the Dolphins. He was told yesterday he's going to get released. He then went public saying how surprised, disappointed, despondent beyond repair that he's being released. He had $30 million guaranteed when he signed his contract, a total contract of $51 million, but he's not getting $30 million. Half of that money was in the form of a roster bonus for being on the team on March 21st, 2021. Year two of a four-year deal. Seems like a good deal when you sign it. Of course, I'm going to be on the team for two years. The Dolphins are improving. They need me, and I'm good. It's guaranteed money. I just got to be on the roster. I can then get hurt. I can then suck. But if I'm on the roster March 21st, which is the offseason, then I have gotten my full 30-year guarantee, 30 uh, million guarantee. The Dolphins, given where we are with COVID, given where they are with their salary cap, said, no, we've got an idea. We are going to release him today and save the cap money. For all fans of the Dolphins, for all fans of football, 
A, who had the wrong information thinking they got 30 million for one year when he only got 15 million for one year, which is not terrible. And he's going to get another job. But for all fans, if you think your team is running based on wins alone, based on putting the best possible team on the field alone, I'm sorry. It's not. You so badly want a salary cap. You so badly want to tie salary cap to league revenue. That's what the players wanted. Fans love it because everyone's got a chance in football and they think in baseball they don't because the Indians have a $40 million payroll and the Yankees have a $200 million payroll. You so badly want equality that you don't realize what the result is. The result is teams employ people like you and like me to get around the salary cap, to figure out how to maximize the salary cap, to figure out players who are strictly commodities to these NFL teams, to really all owners and all presidents and all GMs. It's all the person and the money, the person and the money. I didn't say performance, the person and the money. Kyle Van Noy was at risk the minute COVID hit. When you have a way out of a deal, you take it. When you are being squozen on your cap and the cap is lower than you expected it to be, who exactly did you think as an NFL fan, who did you think was going to bear the brunt of the artificially inflated cap that's being spread over a couple of years? Who did you think? The owners? It's the players. There's no question about it. And the Kyle Van Noy situation is exhibit alpha in that discussion. They called up his agent. They called up Kyle. Hi, sorry to bother you. I know you were excited for March 21st, but it's just business. Goodbye, Kyle. It's nothing personal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.